0: Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. I usually have a lot of energy, but uh, I think this might be the first guest where I am completely out-energied, if you would. Uh, I'm thrilled to have on today Lisa Fonier, who is the Miracle Maker mom, mother of eight, and has built systems and just has such an amazing idea about how you have to show up as a parent and how do you build a system that works in your home, how to raise kids that are happy, how to be a mentor, how to be an example, how to work on yourself, even if you're busy, like all kinds of amazing stuff. So with no, with no further ado, I'm thrilled to have on very own The Miracle Maker Mom. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast has been brought to you by me, Jacob Rupp and Jacob Rupps Consulting, uh, technically lift your legacy. Now, I have to be honest, I help clients often get out of their own way. And something that has really held me up was exactly the same thing that I was in my own way. For months, people have been saying, you know, talk about your coaching, talk about how you help people, share it, etc. And I had a really hard time putting it out there. Why? Because it's not that I don't think I do a great job. I've seen amazing results from my clients. You know, ten uh, x, more than that. Businesses fixed relationships, um, helped people lose a lot of weight. People go on the path of of making goals and fulfilling their goals. All of these things. I know I do it, and I've been in the coaching space long enough to know that there's a lot of people that don't really deliver, and the ones that do really deliver are are worth literally their weight in gold because so often we're held back by stuff. And it's just like, if only I could get over that, if only I could work through that. And I help people do that. But for me, my big holdup was sharing that I do this in a big way, in a public way, especially on the podcast, because it's awkward. I don't want people to think, oh, I'm just making the podcast to, to sell you stuff or to talk about stuff. So that, that's not what I'm doing. Um, my point is like this. My coaching business is expanding. I'm taking on a few more clients. If you are someone that is struggling in the area of self-esteem, goal setting, health, relationships, or your, or your business really, um, reach out. I don't know if we're a good fit to work with each other. What I can guarantee you is that we'll get on the phone for a half an hour, uh, I'll hear the kind of challenges you're having. You'll get a good feel, if you don't know me yet, of the kind of work I do, kind of program I would recommend for you, and if it's a great fit, we'll move forward, and if not, not. But I wanted to appreciate very much from the bottom of my heart the fact that you guys all listen. I appreciate the amazing guests that I have, and I'm really thrilled to have broken through in my own life to the point where I could actually devote a segment to really make a Somewhat long-winded, but I think very important advertisement. So if you want to reach out to me, the email is rabbi, R-A-B-B-I-R-U-P at gmail.com. And the website is liftyourlegacy.live and at lift, your leg, lift underscore your underscore legacy on Instagram. I think it's pretty simple. You, you know where to find me because you found the podcast. Thank you so much. Lisa Fournier, the Miracle Maker Mom. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled to have you on. I feel like we are kindred spirits on a uh, roundabout quest to trying to figure out how to live a a more meaningful life for us, for our children, et cetera. So thank you very much for joining me today.
1: Great, so excited to be here. I totally agree that. As soon as I saw what you did, I'm like, oh my goodness, that is like
0: exactly, totally in line with what I do. I love it, love it. You know, it's so funny because so many people don't understand what I'm doing. And so I don't know what to make about that, but I feel like for the right people, it just kind of vibes. Um, how did did you become the miracle maker mom and what does that mean? So, um, it's
1: actually an interesting story. Really? The truth about the whole thing is that a couple years ago, um, close to three years ago, um, I was actually having a whole discussion with my mother um, because I was I was becoming a single mom. I was going through a divorce, and um, she said, okay, so like, you know, what are you going to start doing? Like, you know, all these years I've been, you know, just a stay-at-home mom, which has been amazing for me, raising my kids and being able to stay home all the years. And now it's sort of time to like, you know, instead of doing the career thing and then raising kids, I did the raising kids, and now it's time to like move into a career zone. And uh, we were sort of discussing, like, so what are you good at? Like, what do you really have a lot of knowledge about? And what do you, you know, like, what, what are you an expert at? And I sort of, like, joked a little. I was like, well, I don't know. I know how to have babies and raise kids. <laughs> and I sort of, like, laughed. And, and we, all of a sudden, my mother and I both had this, like, moment where we both looked at her, and she like, Oh. <laughs> it was just like this really funny moment we're like actually there's a lot of people in the world who are having babies babies and raising kids and because of my particular story um it was it was just almost like a no-brainer that um, like this was perfect for me because I myself struggled so much raising my kids because I grew up. I mean, I have amazing parents. Both my mother and father were like amazing. My father had that like one-to-one connection, and we would spend all this time always talking, deep conversations. And my mother would always make everything fun. We were always going places and doing fun things, and like she loved to like blast the music. So. Um, I a little bit have, like, a combination of those two things in me, but um, it was just my brother and I growing up, and uh, I had these friends in high school that had, like, these big families, and I sort of decided I wanted, like, a really huge family, so, like, fast forward to, like, when I had four kids, I was so overwhelmed because I had, like, no idea what I was doing, and it was, like, complete chaos in my life, <laughs> like, like, picture... Like, you walk to the park, and the kids, like, run in all directions, and you can't catch them all, you know? Like I don't or, know how to
0: picture that. That's that's kind of what my life looks like.
1: <laughs> like, for example, okay, um, we had so many insurance claims on in our house, and my kids had made such disasters that the insurance company actually, like, disowned us. Like, it was so insane. I had no idea what I was doing, that I literally went out and took, like, every parenting course that exists, I think, on the planet. If I missed one, I'll be very surprised. I read so many books. I interviewed parents. I went to professional health. And basically what I did was, like, a lot of trial and error over the years and put, like, a system in place for myself. So when my mother and I had that conversation, it was like, yeah, actually. (laughs) It almost like – so then, okay, so then Miracle Maker Mom was – it literally didn't even come from me somebody I think that when I became a single mom people were like oh my gosh eight kids you have eight kids and you're a single mom you must be like a miracle worker like i heard so many times from people miracle worker miracle maker and I went to GoDaddy to .com, and and I was like all of a sudden I added the miracle maker mom and that was like available and I was like great Honestly, Eric came from, right, but it's not about me being the miracle maker. It's really, honestly, that any parent, if they have the right skills and um, the right system in place, you can literally make miracles in your own home. It's not like me that I'm the miracle maker mom, but anybody can do this. You know?
0: All right, let, let's 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 go back a little bit because this is this is very exciting. You you, what is it like? How do you speak to yourself? Because th- there's just you radiating positivity how do you speak to yourself through that process of completely having to restructure, you know, refigure out your life? Like, you know, the idea of, I mean, it's just such a universal terror. I think amongst most people of either a having to go back into the workforce or trying to get a job after you've been a mom or the idea of having a family, having a large family, having a small family, and then having to raise the kids on your own. Like how did you talk yourself through all that stuff?
1: Um. Well, actually, the going into the workforce was um, the thing for me that really was important to me was to do something that I loved doing. And um, actually, the real truth was that a few years back, I was actually doing um, I was doing this um, class with Rabbi Ari Niven. And um, this is back in 2010. Okay, maybe it's more than a few years. Maybe it's 2012. Okay, it was like more than a few years ago, I guess. <laughs> um, so I had this conversation on that um, on the class with him at one point. He was t- talking about authenticity and being the real you. And he was talking about your higher soul and your lower soul and making sure that you strive towards your higher soul, but you don't ignore your lower soul because otherwise that like, you know, not really good for you Um, and you end up you know feeling like you know you lose your vitality and you you know you have to like take care of your lower soul so I had posed this question to him that like I love being a stay-at-home mom because I love being there for my kids but when I look at the piles of laundry and dishes I lose all my vitality (laughs) it like disappears I want to like hide under the bed I really don't love the day-to-day cleanup that comes along with it you know so we actually discussed it back and forth and back and forth so much because I said but I really value staying at home with my kids it's really important to me so at the end of the whole thing he said it like he asked me a million questions and he was like it sounds to me like you're the per- type of person who would really benefit from going out and doing something that is really like sort of like your life purpose, your life calling that you like love and hire someone to like, do the dishes and the laundry.
0: (laughs) And you're you're like, Hmm, I didn't think about that.
1: I was like, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) So, um, anyway, so fast forward a few years when this whole thing just sort of came about, like, you know, I had prayed on this, like a lot, (laughs) So it really just sort of fell into place, um, and that made it much more doable for me because I really love what I do. Like, if I was going out to a job, I guess, nine to five, that I didn't really like, um, I'm not so sure I'd be so excited and have such a huge smile on my face. But because I do stuff that I really love doing, and it's inspiring to me when I see other people have successes. It's inspiring. Also, I get to sometimes make funny videos, which I crack myself up, honestly. <laughs> I, like, come up with a new idea, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, just now I've been, I've been putting together a video about, um, like, humiliating hysterical things that kids do, like, that moms are just, like, you know, out of their mind, embarrassed. So I'm sitting on my bed writing notes to myself like oh remember when that happened or oh, remember when this happened and my I literally was laughing and my daughter walked in the into the room she's like what are you laughing at? And I'm like oh just myself it's fine it's fine <laughs> like I love doing this you know so um I think that's you know a huge part because when you when you're doing something you don't really love doing it's much harder to do when you do something that you love and you um not only find success in it, because sometimes you can find success in things like in, you know, bringing an in income, but you don't really love what you're doing. Um, so when you really love what you're doing, then yeah, that actually gives you the vitality to keep going. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the things that, that st- sticks out and, and forget about the, uh, the, I think the dishes I happens to be I actually like doing the dishes, but you know, the dishes and the laundry are those things that that drive people crazy. I think in parenting, there's a lot more than that, which is that, you know, why do we have, why do we have children? So, you know, we, we do buy in, I think most cases we buy into this idea of wanting to create a better world for someone and, and to, to share our love and all that kind of stuff. But then it's like, when you're running around screaming at your kids to go to bed for like the 40th hour that night, like we don't love that part. So talk to me a little bit about how you start with the expectation that you actually can put some level of control into your life with your kids? Level of control. Like, how do you do that? Life is, seems so wild when you have children. How do you start with the premise of trying to implement a system? Like, how does it even work? How does it work to implement a system? Well, oops,
1: I think I just knocked my camera. All right. <clears throat> um, creating a system. So, um. This is what I did, basically, okay, I, um, I took like a lot of different parenting courses over the years, and I found that some of them spoke to me more than others, but the amazing thing is that each one of them had like some diamonds, you know, and then some things that I didn't necessarily love or weren't my personality or I didn't really agree with, um, but they each had like diamonds, so I sort of collected the diamonds from each of them over the years, And then at some point when actually when I started to work on this miracle maker mom business, I um, like categorized them, put everything into slots and made like a system that's like eight steps like the foundation, the next foundation, the next part, you know, and goes up from there. Now, um, All that has to do with, like, you know, the basics of a relationship, you know. Many of these things aren't even specifically parenting. Many of these things are, you know, relationships you can have with your spouse, with your friend, with anybody. Like, um, the idea of being someone that someone else looks up to, you know, like, you know, your your teacher in school that like the one that like everybody was like, that's who I saw in the store today, like you want to like follow them around and you love them, as opposed to like the other guy who like everyone makes fun of and plays tricks on, you know, so you want to be that type of person, you want to be the one that like everyone's like, oh, your mom, your dad's so cool, I want to hang out at your house, right? Um, And then of course, it moves up from there, like there's... Things like um, the environment in your home, communication skills, um, you know, making, setting boundaries. All these things are like different systems that you can create. Of course, there's the power of the subconscious mind, which is a huge one. That's a huge, like, it just in itself.
0: Can we stop, that, stop, stop? What? Tell me. Talk to me about that.
1: Power of the subconscious mind? Yeah. <gasps> My favorite topic oh please let me talk about it i'll talk about it for like 10 hours right yeah subconscious mind is basically the concept that your your being has a conscious mind and a subconscious mind right so it like picture an iceberg you know like if you were to google a picture of an iceberg you like if you're sailing along in the arctic you'll see like this huge iceberg but you're really only seeing the top 10 percent The entire real part of the iceberg is under the water. It's like this huge depth, right? So your conscious mind is really only like a certain percentage of your mind. Your subconscious mind is all that's way down deep. Okay, your subconscious mind remembers everything in your entire life, remembers things that happened when you were a baby, things that happened when you were a child, remembers like all these things, you know, like things that you can't actually remember that happened three years ago on a Tuesday on the first of the month, like you don't actually, like, I'm like, I don't remember that conversation, right? Your subconscious mind remembers all these things, and it stores it. Now, the conscious mind is the part of your brain that like you you think your analytic mind, you make your thoughts. You remember things you remember, your decisions that you're making right now. Your subconscious mind, however, is the mind that that sort of drives where you go in life. It brings you where you're going to be. So whatever you want to accomplish in life, you've got to get your subconscious mind on board. Otherwise, you're never going to get there.
0: So So just to stop, I'm so sorry, just to stop to rephrase so I can make sure I'm in, in line with what you're saying, is that all of the calculations that we do to build what we want That's really not the main driver behind what we do. The main driver is the stuff that's going on under the surface. And even if we can make the best plan of the world, if we don't have the under the surface stuff in the right direction, it's not going to go. Yes. I'll give you a really basic example. Please.
1: Let's say you have someone that's very overweight. Okay. And she's decided in her mind that now I'm going to lose weight. I'm gonna lose weight, I made a plan, I'm gonna to go to the gym and I'm gonna lose weight. If her subconscious mind has deep down inside that I am a fat woman, I am always going to be fat, I am never going to be slim. Let's say maybe her mother used to make fun of her that she's overweight or maybe she had friends at school that used to always like, you know, poke her and tell her that she's overweight. Maybe she has this image from, you know, just from growing up in social media and looking at herself in the mirror Whatever it is, she has deep down a subconscious mind that I am always going to be overweight. The likeliness of her losing weight and keeping it off is not so great. So what she needs to do is train her subconscious mind that she is slim. She can be a slim woman for the rest of her life. Then her subconscious mind is going to work to make that actually a reality. So, um... One of the things in, in like when I created my parenting course was very much <laughs> like a whole section on top subconscious mind. How, you know, the amazing thing about raising kids is that like, okay, you and I, we're already walking around with like a subconscious mind that's programmed. It's been programmed for all, all the years of our lives, from when we were little, when we went to school, from all the friends we've had. Our subconscious mind is like programmed. Now, of course, we can change that programming, programming but it takes effort. When you have a child, the most amazing thing is, that you are the one who's setting the programming from the beginning. You're, you're like sort of downloading its first apps, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? The first, you know, because when a child's born, they don't really have any opinion about themselves. They don't, they don't think anything about themselves. You're the one that tells them, you are smart. You are, you know, pretty. You are, whatever it is you tell your child, that's what they have until something comes along else maybe changes their mind. So anyway, I have, um, I have some, you know, like a whole bunch of tools to help you program your child's mind to help them, um, you know, be, feel that they can achieve things in life. They can, you know, move forward. They, there's so, so many different things you want to teach your children in life. And not only that, but to help them get past their already sort of pre-programmed nature. Because every child, of course, every person is made up of nature and nurture. You know, like you have a nature that you're born with. And then you have the home that you grew up in and the friends that you have, right? So, yeah.
0: So, just practically speaking, and and I know this is a very broad question that's difficult, but let's say I am that fat woman, man, whatever you want, um, and I want to be skinny for life. Now, it sounds like an amazing, very marketable program, but like practically speaking, how in the world do I start to change my subconscious?
1: um how do you start you uh basically your conscious mind has to repeat it over and over and over and over until it starts to trickle down into the subconscious that's I mean that that's not something from my program that's something anywhere you go you learn about subconscious mind They're all gonna tell you the exact same thing <laughs> I'm just like the subconscious mind is only a little section of like well, you know what I teach but um, Yeah, for anybody who wants to do that you just like for example positive affirmations, you know when you go um, Like I actually made a really cute book just for for myself and my followers um, for parents all about um, positive affirmations you could say about your children, about yourself as a parent. But like every day you wake up and you say affirmations, you say, you know, like positive things, whatever it is that your goal is, you want to convince your, your subconscious mind that that is, you can accomplish that, that, that you are that. Um, so you say these affirmations again and again. And from a parent's perspective, these are the things that you tell your children. But, of course, you have to be authentic in it. You can't just, like, go around telling your child, you're so smart, you're so beautiful. Like, that's like, oh, go away, mom, you know, like, right? You have to do it in an authentic way. Like, when you see your child, Doing something you like you point it out to them you um, sort of label because like a child could do something and you're like oh yeah thanks as opposed to saying that was thoughtful wow you're so thoughtful right that's programming them they're thinking wow yeah I'm thoughtful now they're not going to sit there and go yeah thank you mommy I'm thoughtful but when you say it enough times over the course of 20 years you know it does go down there and it makes an impression
0: so I guess the the awkward question would be, is it possible in your experience for a parent that hates themselves to create kids that love themselves?
1: I love that question. Okay, sorry, I'm getting too excited. (laughs) I love that question. I really love that question. Um, One of the main foundations that I start with, which is actually step one in my parenting course, is all about firing yourself up to be a fabulous role model for your children. Because before, it's not. I'm not gonna say before, not before you can be a role model to someone else, but simultaneous to being a role model for someone else, you have to become the person you want them to have as a role model.
0: You, you, I mean, you're like, saying you have to, you can't not. Um... I'm saying because why, why am I believing? it won't be I the be- optimal
1: because... I mean, for example, if you have... Okay, let's say you're making a school for your child, right? You get to handpick every single teacher that this child is going to have. Now, what, what do you want to pick for your child to have as a teacher? Do you want them to have someone who's angry all the time? Who picks on them? Who blames? Do you want somebody who's um, quick to, like, point fingers? Or someone who's lazy? Like, you want to pick out teachers who are, um, like, good role models in so many different areas and different character traits in um, just so many things that you can model after, like someone who smiles, someone who has a kind word for people, someone who looks for the good, not always complaining, right? So, these are all traits that we can all develop if we put some effort and we are, um, there's this concept of just like being intentional you know sometimes we like most of us we're all running through our day every day like you said you had a crazy day right like and I was crazy busy also we run through our days so often that we don't take the time to really sit down and be intentional intentional about ourselves our personal development intentional about what where our goal is now and our parenting what we're trying to move forward with um so yeah just building yourself into a fabulous role model is definitely number one in being a fabulous parent because your kids are going to become little miniature youths in many ways. <laughs> and it's like the most shocking experience when, you know, you, you first see it happen, like your kids do something and you're like, why they do that? And then you're like, oh, gosh, I do that. <laughs> like, I hate that, right? It's scary, but it's true. So as much as our kids have their own nature, which sometimes is partially from us, um, and they have nurture from many other places than us, like, you know, friends and school and other family members, a lot is us, especially if we're the one that they look up to and want to model after, which um, hopefully is the case. So, yeah.
0: So now the... the question that I think, and I, I don't know if this is an everybody audience, it's certainly an audience of people that are very busy and, you know, have a lot of commitments. Most people think like, I don't have the bandwidth to work on myself. I just have to basically show up. It's, it's the whole thing. It's like, when is there time to do the self-work? Like I still have to put dinner on the table or, or, or make money or sleep or go to the gym. So like, how does one, because if you think about it, the, the, the journey of becoming, I mean, look, we, we, it's very easy to blame our parents. It's very easy to blame our own personality traits. And, you know, I am just an anxious person, or it would make sense that I'm anxious because of what happened in my past. And if we really start to see ourselves as as a blank canvas or a more blank canvas than we originally thought, we are overwhelmed with the enormity of the task of becoming better people for ourselves. And if you think about how, thanks God for the, you know, with Snapchat and Instagram, like you literally could spend your entire life watching Netflix and then you also have to work and have children. It's like, when do I have time to self-actualize?
1: So true, it's, it's really true. So um, I find personally that um, doing things that are just like little, like you say snap snapchat little snaps um is really the best because even like um even the fact that you know sometimes when you take something on that's so huge it feels like so overwhelming that i'm never gonna get there just sort of like when you walk into that kitchen that is so disaster like it's like no i can't i can't start i had no way (laughs) right so i find that like you know if you like let's say pick a book and you read just five minutes every night it makes you know, like, especially there's some of those books that, like, um, it's like a, a, a chapter a day. It's, like, only two pages. Or there's also, um, there's so many things, like, um, you can find challenges. I love challenges. They're, like, very big nowadays. I'm actually starting a challenge soon. Um, but, like, just having, like, something small where you can get, like, little snaps of these things. Um, another really great idea is, um to have um, like a journal that you keep every night and, um, and you sort of like just talk to yourself about the one thing that you're working on. For sure, like if you take on a million things to work on, it's not happening. But um, like I mentioned, Rabbi Aryan Niven, I had taken his class a bunch of years ago. So he said that like, you know, every year when you, when you start like your new year, you come up with two things that you are gonna work on this year. And um, I, I found that, like, just being able, and he suggested, like, every day to have, he liked the idea of having, like, a partner that you work, work with, like, either every day or every other day to talk about it. Um, I like the idea of just journaling about it. So you have, like, your, let's say, I like to pick one thing that I'm working on for now for a couple months, and then, like, later we'll work on something else. And every day you can just sort of track it. Um,
0: that kills so, people yeah. though, there because there's there's such a such a I don't know how to say Yitzhak or not that word, but there's such a such a drive to not want to attempt the small stuff, in the sense that you know again if a person is looking and they say I I, mean, I I just think the physical example is easier, but you know let's say I have to lose a hundred pounds, and mm-hmm. you know that's going to require tons of diet and tons of exercise and X, Y, and Z. And therefore I'm not going to start. And if I would just start to say, have one less brownie one day a week, and that's what you could actually stick to people would be like, wow, but it's going to take me so long. So what I'm hearing you say is that, no, it's not going to take you so long because you actually get accustomed to the little victories. And if you're overwhelmed, and don't know how to start. It's because you're trying to add too much in, in the beginning.
1: Um, yes. But I have to say that another really, like, great thing is to learn about whatever you're doing. I actually had somebody, um, one of my teachers told me this one time. I was like, you know, I feel like I'm out of school. I'm out of, like, all these personal develop like, you know, intensives. And um, I just, like, feel like I'm, uh, like, uh, what am I working on? You know, I was overwhelmed with, like, a whole bunch of little kids at the time. And he said, if you want to really work on a, on a trait, learn about it. Because just learning about it inspires you to notice it. Like if you want to to work on just um, not being, let's say, lazy and to like be proactive and just jump up and have more more energy, then learn about that trait of, you know, how to develop it or, or what it is or other people that do it or join like maybe a group of people that inspire each other to do things like that. Like so, I've seen that's
0: like- so, so that's such an amazing point. I just, I wanted to speak that out because I think it, you, the way that you said it is beautiful. So much of you know, when I speak to clients of mine, it's like, okay, what do I do about it? And I'm like, we just uncovered something that's been operating in your life, your whole life. So the first thing to do is not do anything about it. Sit there and figure it out. Like, oh my gosh, I am acting. I have this identity. And so what you're saying, and I don't know who said it, but you said it, and we're going to give you credit for it. You know, the idea of learning for the sake of awareness, that really the awareness is the greatest to do when it comes to overcoming something because if you realize you have a negative relationship with food you have a negative body image you are expecting your children to be obnoxious little brats like that awareness that's a lot bigger than a you know a short plan and just like sit with that awareness for a while
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it was every rabbi barf smith who told me that and um yeah, I love that idea. Whenever I'm feeling like I haven't paid attention to some particular thing in my life, I'm like, just let's just go learn about it. Let's read about it. Let's find a book about it. Let's, you know, honestly, that's what inspirational quotes are. <laughs> in the, inspirational quotes are like all over social media and people love them. But that is literally what it's doing. It's taking something that you want to be inspired about and giving you a one-liner. So if you could add that one-liner to like a 10-paragrapher, <laughs> and do that every day, then could you imagine, like, the impact that it's just going to have on you? To, it's it's seeping information from your conscious mind down to your subconscious mind. That's literally what it's doing.
0: One thing that we, we deal with a lot, I think, in the world we live in today, and I'm speaking more about the Western world, but I think it's kind of endemic in everything, is this sense that I don't want to have kids or my life you know i have to i have to do me and how do how do kids fit into that and and unfortunately i think that most people have those those feelings after they've had the children you know it's like i have my own life what am i supposed to do so how do you uh, advise someone who feels they've lost themselves in the process of being a parent and is resentful of that frankly
1: i love that question <laughs> I love the way you said that people think these things after they've had the kids. <laughs> it's so true. It's really true.
0: Well, no one knows so much um, work. It is in the beginning, you know? So it's like, Oh, we'll have a kid. <laughs> we'll have a couple kids.
1: I know. I know. I know people also that going in, go into parenting saying that like, you know, I'm not going to lose myself. And then it's just so physically overwhelming at the beginning. And, um, and you just like, also you don't have that relationship that you can have like that conversation. Like when you, once they get to teenagers, it's amazing. It's almost like, I, almost, I actually have to remind myself sometimes when I'm talking to my teenagers that they are still children because they look like adults. They sound like adults, they have vocabularies like adults, you know, but they actually have, they don't have the experienced mind of an adult, you know. Um, I myself definitely went through this mom burnout situation for sure, did definitely do that. Um, what would I advise other parents? Um, First of all, like, this is so not helpful because you hear this and you're like, yeah, right. It's like, it goes by very quickly. It's like, you know, the years are short and the days are long, right? So that's really true at the beginning, especially now that my baby, I mean, my, uh, my oldest is 18. And I'm like, what, (laughs) what, he's an adult? No way. So, um, yeah, so like. I don't know. I find like on one hand, it's so important to keep up with the things that you love to do, because again, like you know, like I said when I started my new business, it's something that I love to do, so it inspires me. So I just find that in some area of life, you got to keep up with something that is just like you, you know. Um, Like I used to horseback ride when I was a kid. Um, I I skated. Like I did like a lot of things that I sort of gave up when I became a parent. Which okay, the truth is that the technically, when you are nine months pregnant, you know during those nine months of pregnancy, you can't actually ice skate or go horseback riding. That's true. (laughs) But there are some things that you can do, and at some point, I did finally figure out that I could do these things with my kids. Like I'll never forget, there was one year um, that I took my kids skiing. Um, in Michigan. We were living uh, in Detroit. We went skiing. We had such a good time. We went, I think, midwinter vacation or something. Um, we had such a good time skiing. Um, now, the next winter, I took them skiing again. Now, I have to say that I had a baby in between. <laughs> like, we went in January. I had a baby in November, and we went in again in January. And we brought the baby with, and somebody babysat inside but, like while we went out skiing. And I was just laughing my head off that I could actually pull off going skiing every year with my kids, even though I had a baby in between, you know? Because if you put, if you know that it's important that for your own sanity to do fun things or to do something that's like up your alley, um, some people are artists, some people like nature walks, like just something that keeps you sane, you're gonna find some way of like, you, I mean, you should, you should find some way to put it into your schedule whether it's with the kids or without the kids. Like I personally grew up what my mother was always like into making everything fun for my brother and I. So like she never, I mean almost 99.9% never did vacations without us. So I almost find it painful to do vacations without my kids. (laughs) So I actually like doing these things with my kids. So once they were past two and three years old, I started like, you know, like I take my kids skiing or we go, um, Now we live in Israel and we go like um, water hiking and we go on all kinds of fun trips all the time. So, um, yeah, like just find things that are so you and like don't forget your friends and like all those things are so important for your own sanity, which you really forget at the beginning.
0: So what I'm hearing is that being selfish, quote unquote, is actually being selfless because you are not going to show up as your best son. So, and again, it's like a life thing. It's not a, just a parenting thing, but I guess the parenting is a more extreme version of it. And also that the things that you love that are you, those are actually opportunities to connect with your kids. And it's like, you get double credit because you're doing what you like and your kid comes along as well.
1: Yes. Beautiful. Right. I, I have done things for myself with that. My kids, like this past year, I was in a big play here in Israel. They have this play called Tirhamet Hamed. That's like um, for ladies. And it's, we, you fly to Europe and you there's like 11 performances in six different cities. And so anyway, I did that. And none of my kids, like some of my kids actually auditioned and they didn't get in. And I got like the main role in the play and I did it without my kids. And I had such a good time. I made friends. I went traveling. I did so, I did so many things and I had such a good time. And you know what? My kids were happy for me because like the idea of like, you, you could also teach your kids to be happy for mom when she does fun things because i'm happy for you when you go on trips and do fun things so they also are happy for me they sat in the front row on opening night and they them my kids my kids best friends and my best friend's kids took up the entire front row and they laughed and cheered and clapped and you know so um sometimes yeah do things with your kids and sometimes do things for yourself without your kids because If you do things for yourself, it's not called, okay, if you're doing it all day, every day, and ignoring your kids, maybe it's selfish. But if you're doing it because, look, moms and dads, they give to their kids by route of their cup overflowing. If you just keep pouring out, it's going to get empty, and then you're going to be running on empty, and you know what that looks like. <laughs> well, you don't want to know what it looks like, right? <laughs> we all know what that looks like. Um, you want to be giving to your, to your kids by route of your cup overflowing, and that means you have to fill yourself up with things that make you a whole person and that I mean every person has an upper soul, upper soul and a lower soul so some of that is spiritual some of that is physical like we all need sleep <laughs> we all need healthy food some of that is emotional some of some of that is um mentally like hello read a book that's not an you know like on the level of a kindergarten kid you know <laughs> so like we all need to be filled up with friends and relationships these are all like important things and then you can overflow to your kids and walk home after play practice with a huge smile and have so much energy to give your family, you know?
0: Oh, man. Lisa, I feel like that we didn't even talk about child raising. I don't feel like. I think the time just kind of flew by. And I feel like we have to, we'll have to circle back and do another one of these. We can jump into more specific details. But um, how do people find you and the, the program that you, you will be launching at the time people listen to this?
1: Um, so my website is called MiracleMakerMom.com, and I am also on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram at MiracleMakerMom. So you can find me in all of those places. I'm actually starting a Facebook challenge coming up soon. It's going to be a 10-day challenge called Mischief Managed <laughs> um, to 2 extra kids listening and cut power, power struggles in half. Mm. Um, like I said, I love the, t- the challenges because they're short and to the point and give you exact nuggets that you need to see real results fast, you know. Um, so, yeah, um, I've also got a blog on my website. That's, yeah, Miracle Maker Mom.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Lisa. I appreciate it.